Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we go live here on a Wednesday morning edition of the Early Line Series XM Channel 159. It's Donnie Wright side. It's Davis Maddock. And over the next three hours, we're going to bring you the hottest topics across the sports landscape. Yeah, we're still going to talk a little Super Bowl 58 fallout, no doubt about it. Some big time things going down in college basketball with some massive upsets last night. The NBA certainly has our attention. So, Davis, on this Wednesday morning, how are we feeling out there? You know, we're feeling great. Our best bet hit on the number last night. Suns by five. Suns win by five. So it's always nice to uh, to wake up to that victory. You might be saying, wake up. Guys, we're, we're doing the show. This is this is 7 a.m. local time for me. I'm not staying up to the end of the West Coast NBA games. There's there's a little peek behind the curtains here. In, uh, in the Midwest, in middle America, we are not always staying up for the end of those Pacific time NBA games rolling over in the middle of the night to check if you want to bet. That's certainly what I love to do here, Davis. But last night I did not roll over and get a bet on mine because because the last game last night that I bet, come on, Butler, six points, make a bucket at the end of the basketball game, you lose gas, but that's neither here nor there. At least Davis got his in the door. Let's get to the seven and seven topics, the hottest topics on the sports landscape. And we do start with a little college basketball. How about those Baylor Bears, 79 OU Sooners, 62, a hammer job as Baylor improves now to 7-4 and four in conference play. The Sooners dropped to 6-6 six and six Davis. I love the Big 12 on a night-to-night basis. As we say again, it's hard to win on the road in the Big 12. It is. I mean, look, we are we are very close to the tournament starting, which is uh, historically when I've begun to tune in to, uh, to college basketball games. Although I will admit it feels a little bit fraudulent to be a Big 12 guy as the University of Oklahoma. You guys see the helmet behind me. They're, they're leaving, man. They're saying they're saying peace out. Welcome to everyone on radio. Davis Maddock and Donnie Wrightside with you on the early line here this morning. Times are changing for sure. And the one thing that we thought would be a changing here is the North Carolina Tar Heels rolling through the ACC. But that's not happening as of late. The ACC now, the Tar Heels dropped three games so far in conference play. They're 11-3 and three now after a terrible loss to the Syracuse Orange on the road, 86-79. to 79. The one thing we thought yesterday, Davis, we would get tempo in this game. We did, but I didn't expect Syracuse to come away with an outright victory in the JMA Wireless Dome. Yeah, it kind of feels like that's the vibe in college basketball right now. Some of these big teams with, uh, you know, who are who are historically blue-blooded up at the top of the standings, uh, slipping here a little bit. I tailed you on the over on this one, so felt uh, felt pretty nice about that one. My first college basketball wager of the year, Donnie, and uh, and we booked a win, so we're feeling good. There you go. By the way, the ACC, a lot of surprises last night. As again, we just talked about Syracuse. We'll get into that a little bit deeper later, but we're going to flip it over to the Virginia Cavaliers, who came into this game in the ACC 10 and 3 in conference play. They now sit at 10 and 4. Why? The Pitt Panthers go on the road 74 63 with an easy victory over those Cavs. Another shocking result, which lets us know parity is king. And as we said, it is hard to win on the road. Typically, the Pitt Panthers came out 35-31 in the first quarter and cruised in the second half with a 39-32 second half to get the double-digit win over the Cavs. That's an impressive performance here on Pitt, who now is over 500 Davis in ACC play. And these games are, uh, look, they're taking on, it's pretty important right now, like for, for these teams that are kind of on the bubble, the 63rd best team in college basketball 
these are these are wins that you got to have heading into the tournament because this is sort of your last chance to really build that resume to get some at-large bids. So uh, the, the all these all these kind of you know mid good teams are uh, I mean they're probably really gunning for it right now, like the Pitt Panthers. Resume builder in the Big East could have been something here, Davis, for those Butler Bulldogs, but they dropped the game at home to the Marquette Golden Eagles as underdogs of plus four and a half final score, 78 to 72. It's one of those games, Davis, we talk a lot about, let's just say in Major League Baseball. Ooh, if I would have just taken it first five, it would have won because the bullpen blew the game at the end. At the half, Butler was covering this number, didn't cover for the full game, a bucket short of doing so, but a nice win for the Marquette Golden Eagles now sitting at 10-3 and in Big East play. I know. Look, I, uh, I I was rooting for you on this one. It was the first thing that I tough asked scene. you this morning. Did we get did we get a cover there? Yeah. It is it is a tough scene. I mean, look, it's never fun to come on the early line, give out your favorite play, and and have mm-hmm. it be the right play, but not have it get there in the end. It's just it's just not a fun feeling, Donnie. How about a good game on the West Coast last night that we talked about yesterday? The Phoenix Suns, 130. The Sacramento Kings, 125. And it wasn't for trying for those Sacramento Kings. It's DeMontis Sabonis. 35 points, 18 rebounds, and 12 assists. Pitches in with three blocks as well in a losing effort. Two fun basketball teams with the Phoenix Suns now improved to 32-22, and 22, Davis, on the season. Yeah, we had some crazy pace in this one. 40-point game for De'Aaron Fox. I mean, look, this is... This is the issue that the Kings have had. I mean, this is the issue they had last year, the issue they have this year. They're an incredible offensive team. Keegan Murray is a good player, although he was not very good last night. Sabonis and Fox, I think they just can't defend, man. When DeMontis Sabonis is your center, you are going to give up a ton of buckets on the interior. Kevin Durant just, like, torched them last night. And Bradley Beal even got banged up in this one, only made it through his first rotation in the first quarter. They ended up having to play Royce O'Neal, their new trade deadline acquisition off the bench, 30 minutes. No sweat. They end up uh, they end up winning that one. But uh, yeah, not, not what you want to see if you're a Kings fan. Yeah, by the way, the big three going to turn into the big two sooner than later. The Phoenix Suns, Davis, were my pick to come out of the Western Conference to start the season. We'll see how they do, but certainly the big worry is just get the big three to the playoffs and get them healthy. We'll see if that actually happens down the stretch. Let's keep it in the NBA news. The New York Knicks here, they're upset, and rightfully so. A terrible call at the end of the game against Houston. Now in protest, you say, hey, they should win this, Davis. You know when the last time an NBA protest was actually won by an NBA team? 2007. Good luck, New York here, Davis. I mean, it helps their case, certainly, that the referee said that it was wrong, but what do you want them to do? I mean, what do you want the oh, are we going to replay this game? You know, it's like, it's like, sure, yeah, you should have won that game, but they're not changing the standings. It's not, you know, it's just not, it's just not really the way it works. Yeah, fly in, play overtime or whatever it might be here just for a couple right. minutes and then move on. It's probably not going to happen at this point. It's a tough loss there for the Knicks, but it happens here. Keeping in the NFL news, Hassan Reddick, who we heard just 48 hours ago, hey, look, wants a new contract. He has the ability now to seek a trade, find that contract, and see if the Eagles can get back quality compensation. For only Hassan Reddick the next day to come out and say, I didn't ask for any trade. I always wanted to be a Philadelphia Eagle Davis. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are probably one of the three or four most interesting teams as to what they do in the offseason because of how their season ended. Like, just looked like no one wanted to be. Look, honestly, to me, it looked like Jalen Hurts was the one dude who wanted to be there. Sirianni didn't want to be there. Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown were like, we are so over this. Uh, we'll see. if I Jason Kelsey, if he does, in fact, retire, it, it's the single biggest loss outside of a quarterback that any team is going to have this offseason. I, I, I really think... His his role in the tush push and the brotherly shove, I, I don't think it can be overstated. Yeah, he does make some big money, so the Eagles would be able to spread that around. But it's not as if he was on his last leg. Still one of the best centers, if not the best center in football. And it looks like the way he's acting in his post-retirement, non-retirement, drinking beers, taking the shirt off, getting hammered at the Super Bowl, he's probably going to be going to a network next year. And we'll see where he winds up. we got a lot of college basketball to talk coming up next, right here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the early line here on SportsGrid. Davis Maddock and Donnie Wrightside with you. We are going to recap some of the action in College basketball last night, we had a couple of pretty decent-sized upsets as these teams wind their way to the conference tournaments. We're really not that far away. Uh, one of the final Big 12 tournaments in my neck of the woods, uh, Kansas City, where Oklahoma is actually going to be part of it. I've been a couple times. Uh, the conference tournaments are always uh, always a pretty good time. Let's go ahead and begin, Donnie, with uh, the biggest upset of the night, North Carolina losing to Syracuse in, I mean, look, let's be honest, a real barn burner, 86-79. What did you make of this one? Why was North Carolina not able to get it done? By the way, Davis, this was a big upset, but on the rundown here for this segment, you wait till the final game we get to, and I'm going to talk about a real upset. But nonetheless, this was an upset in the ACC, no doubt about it. We broke this game down yesterday, Davis, and I said to myself, you know what? That's a lot of points, seven and a half to eight and a half on the road. But Carolina is a much better basketball team. Eh, maybe pass on that and take a look at some tempo for the over, which is what we did. But shockingly, I didn't think North Carolina was going to lose this basketball game. Final score, 86 to 79. But we get into the crux of what actually happened last night. You take a look at Syracuse. The one thing that we do know in college basketball and pretty much in any sport most teams do play better at home, particularly in basketball from a college environment. You usually shoot better from the floor at home. How about the Syracuse Orange? 63% as a team from the floor. Pair that up from three-point range. 47% did shoot 72% from the line here, which is okay, 18 of 25. But my goodness, if you shoot 62.5% as a team on a night-to-night -night basis, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. But if you flip it over and take a look at North Carolina on the road, it's not bad to go in that dome environment and shoot 48% as a team. They also shot Davis almost 45% from three-point range. And that wasn't like, hey, four of 10. They made 12 three-point shots to Tar Heels here and made 82% of their free throws. But Syracuse was just a better team all the way through. Now, as we take a look at the ACC now, the Carolina Tar Heels, who were running away with it, now sit at 11-3. and three. That's a big resume builder, as we like to say, for the Syracuse Orange, now sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. But in ACC play, as we talked about the Carolina Tar Heels, getting that great head start. Look at the top three teams now in the ACC. The Tar Heels, 11-3. The Duke Blue Devils, 10-3, right on their heels. And yesterday, Virginia was upset. Had they not been upset, they'd have three losses as well, which they have four now. So it looks like we're separating ourselves from the top of the pack. That's a terrible loss for North Carolina that could have kept that stranglehold on the ACC. Now coming, Davis, a little bit back to the pack. Absolutely. I mean, look, uh, Syracuse shoots 62% from the floor. You mm -hmm. are not going to win yep. Not going to win very many basketball games where you are allowing your opponent to make 62% of their shots. Just not uh, not a recipe for success. Another minor upset here. We got a win for the Pittsburgh Panthers against the Virginia Cavaliers. They are sitting at 16 and 8. Virginia is 19 and 6. How big of an upset is this one, relatively speaking, Donnie? It, it is a big one, quite frankly, because the Cavaliers, again, if they would have won that basketball game last night, would have found themselves in a tie for first place with Duke and Carolina. But you take a look at the Pitt Panthers. They've had their struggles over the past couple of years, sitting at 16-8 and eight on the season, now above 500 here in the ACC. The one thing we know about the Virginia Cavaliers here, Davis, they play very good defense, and it's the pack line defense, which means you are not going to score in the paint. You are not going to score on the baseline. You better hit your three-point shots or you're going to be in trouble. 
So you take a look at Pitt, 14 of 32 from three-point range, 44%. That's exactly what you have to do because the one thing we know as well, Virginia doesn't foul a lot here either. Only 11 total free-throw attempts for Pitt, which they converted eight, but they shot 45% from the floor, which is very good going up against Virginia. The one thing that we usually don't see out of Virginia is them struggle from the three-point line, only shooting around 29% of the team, only making four of those three-point shots. They did shoot, however, 50% from the field. But the ultimate equalizer in college basketball, Davis, is the three-point line. One team made 14 threes. The other made four threes. You can guess who won that basketball game. Pitt made more threes. Pitt won that basketball game by double digits on the road. A quality, quality win. All right, moving on now to some Big 12 action. Baylor, 79. Oklahoma, 62. Uh, The Baylor Bears shoot 52% from three-point range, making 11 of them, just absolutely blitzing them from deep Oklahoma, the exact opposite, seven for 21. They also turned the ball over 12 times, 12 turnovers in a college basketball game. You are not winning. You're just not going to win very many of those when you go on the road and turn the ball over on you know, a tenth of your possessions. No, you're certainly not going to do that. And particularly, again, Baylor is a quality basketball team, 18 and 6 now in the season, 7 and 4 in Big Ten play. OU had a chance to go over 500, at least keep their numbers at over 500, but now dropped to 6 and 6. Now, when you try to get into this game and what works, we talked about this yesterday, breaking it down. Coming into the season, Baylor had a very good team here. In the season before the conference actual action picks up, where I call it the silly season. You're playing on aircraft carriers against Division three teams, Division two teams, lower common opponents. Baylor Davis shot the lights out here. And we talked about it yesterday. If we included conference play and pre-conference play, they're a top five team at making three-point shots. But once you get into Big 12 play, they generally struggled to start Big 12 play, even though they played around 10 games. But not last night. You take a look at 11 of 21 from three-point range. That's 50 from three-point range. That's the Baylor that we expected at the beginning of the season that we haven't seen all that much in Big 12 play. Maybe this kickstarts the Baylor Bears because if we're taking a look at the conference standings in the Big 12, and I'm never going to hide this. I love the Big 12. I think it's the most competitive conference in conference in basketball. Eight and three, Iowa State. Eight and three, Houston Cougars. Seven and four, Baylor Bears. Seven and four, Texas Tech. Seven and five, Kansas Jayhawks. They are still battling from top to bottom in the Big 12, but a nice win for Baylor. And if they can shoot the three-point shot like we expect them to do, they're going to be a tough out, no doubt about it. All right, moving on now to a game that we highlighted on the program yesterday. We had Marquette mm-hmm. and Baylor taking off in the Big East. Marquette ends up winning this one 78-72. How does this impact the larger scheme of what is going on inside of the Big East? Yeah, this is a big win here for Marquette. Now, most would probably think Marquette is the best overall team in the Big East. <laughs> there's, there's UConn Huskies hanging out there as well. So it's top-heavy in the Big East. But the Butler Bulldogs having a decent season here. Came in the game last night at 16-8. and eight. This is one of those that if you can get above 500 in a Power 5-type conference. Now, granted, in college basketball, a little bit different than college football, right? Because UConn and also Marquette playing the Big East, that's considered a power conference in college basketball. If you can stay above 500, that gives a great look here at the committee. The one thing I did like out of Butler is I thought they would be scrappy last night, and they were. At the half, it was 34-32. They were right into that. But folding down the stretch in the second half, you saw those scores, Davis, which is always trouble. You hang around. The next update, it's a four-point margin. The next update, it's a six-point margin. The next update, it's an eight-point margin. You can feel it slipping away. Now, granted, at the end of the game, they actually made a shot to make it 78-72, to but nobody's going to foul after that just basically walked off the court. That's a good win for Marquette going on the road. I thought Butler might have been ripe for the upset there. All right, and our final one here uh, in the Midwest, we have Illinois State and Indiana State. Indiana State fighting for an at-large bid, and they lose to Illinois State, a 12-14 and team. Not not a good result if you are uh, if you're from the Midwestern state of Indiana, Donnie. Hey, Indiana State came into that game 13-1 in conference play. And did you know they closed around 17.5 to 18-point favorites as a ranked team at home going against the Redbirds? They end up losing that ball game. And quite frankly, you look at the numbers and say, you know, when do you usually pull the big upset when you go crazy from three-point range? Davis, Illinois State only made four three-point shots last night, but made 18 free throws, but shot 52% overall from the field. Just a terrible performance all the way around for Indiana State. Very rare that they get ranked. 
tanked because they were showing the Larry Bird days basically on the updated highlights here. That's a bad loss. And it wasn't like they lost by one point. They got hammered at home as close to 20-point favorites, Davis, in this game. Come on, Indiana State. Absolutely brutal stuff there. Uh, They're definitely going to want. They're definitely going to want. That one back, that was a circumspect look at the world of college basketball from a pretty big Tuesday night, a little bit of Big 12, a little bit of Big East, a little bit of the Missouri Valley. We love the Missouri Valley here on the program. We are going to go ahead and run into break. When we get back, we are going to take a look at the NBA and a little bit of the NFL draft coming up later in the show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Our number one rolling along, covering everything on the hardwood. Did a little college basketball last segment of Things Heats Up, and we talked about it yesterday, man. We are so close to conference tournament play and March Madness. Can't wait for that to happen. We got a lot of action in the NBA to get to. Now, Davis, we talked about some major upsets last night in college basketball. Let me give you this final score. The Miami Heat 123, the Milwaukee Bucks 97, which meant the Miami Heat were on the road without some key components here. At game time at the FanDuel Sportsbook, laying around seven and a half were the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'll start here with this question. What happened to Milwaukee, Davis? It's Honestly, it's very hard for me to say what happened to Milwaukee because Giannis played pretty well in this game, 23-11-8, you know, didn't, didn't miss too many shots. Dame was pretty poor. You know, Brooke Lopez didn't play that well. It just it just kind of it just kind of got away from them. And the Heat just came out. And by the way, this is not even the Heat team that you are thinking of. The Heat were like decimated last night. They had to start Nikola Jovic. Uh Kevin Love played 23 minutes off the bench. Uh the the G League guy that we mentioned on the program yesterday, uh Williams was playing backup point guard. Like it, it was an absolute mess. It was, you know what it was? It was the zombie heat, which is like they are the team, no matter the opponent, home, road, back, second night of a back-to-back, three games and four nights, none of it ever matters. Eric Spolster always has these dudes ready to play. The 19th man on the Heat roster, you know, is going to be able to comper- you know, perfectly execute the system. They defend. They're smart. I just, Eric Spolster, man, I, I just, I don't think he actually gets enough credit given everything that has happened in his tenure in Miami. Like, think about how many different permutations of the Miami Heat he has coached and they've never they've never been bad not not for one minute of the Heat reign have they been a bad NBA team this is a huge win and this again goes back to the thing that we were talking about on the program on Monday and Tuesday like this Bucks team cannot defend you give up 123 points to the backup Heat I mean Nikola Jovic goes for 24 points against you it's not it's not looking that great for Doc Rivers and the Milwaukee Bucks are we worried about the Bucks here, Davis, though? Because we know they have superstar power. Giannis has won a championship and carried that franchise here. But games like that, and again, you're right, the zombie heat where it's like, you know what? We don't expect much out of them. So maybe for the Milwaukee Bucks, you take that game lightly. But that was a blowout on the road by a Heat team that wasn't supposed to win that game. How worried are we about the, the Bucks? And also, with Doc Rivers being the head coach, is there an acclimation process we're willing to give them for a couple weeks or maybe even a month? Or no, you should be we- fairly easily winning basketball games like this one 
I mean, I think you you absolutely have to be worried because this yeah. is a team with championship aspirations. This is not, yep. you know, this is not like the Lakers where it's like, sure, maybe maybe we'll be the four seed, right? Maybe best, you know, maybe we win our playing game. This is a team that won a championship. This is a team that has that. That's all that matters to them, right? There, there's no other outcome of this season that can be viewed as a as a success other than winning. And they made a, an all in move this offseason. You know, they traded what they have to trade to get Damian Lillard. They are uh, they are out of first-round picks that they can trade entirely. They'll get one more that they can trade when they get to this offseason. I believe they have no second-round picks to trade. So just no second-round pick can they use right now to acquire anyone new in the offseason. They are going to be in that second tax apron this offseason, so adding new talent is going to be effectively impossible. So you just kind of have to look at the roster and be like, these are our guys. And they clearly made a mistake hiring Adrian Griffin. And maybe the Doc River stuff will get acclimated, but you're, you're kind of running out of time. There's like there's like 25 games left in the regular season for them to do that acclimation process. Now, as Biggie Smalls once said back in the day, where Brooklyn at? Well, you know where Brooklyn's at in the loss column again last night. 21-32 and 32 on the season, 13-17 and 17 at home. But how about this? When you talk about the odds makers getting it correct, the FanDuel Sportsbook Davis closed at an eight-point line yesterday for the Boston Celtics as a favorite on the road. 118-110 final. Jason Tatum was sensational. 41 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, two steals and a block, and a plus 21. The superstar came to play in the biggest city. Yeah, he did, which is, I mean, look, that's sort of, that's sort of what you anticipate oh, here. And uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't think that this one was all that ripe for an upset. The Nets are, uh, the Nets are they're, they're kind of just playing out the string right now, 41-14 for Tatum. I mean, the big issue that, uh, that the Brooklyn Nets have is like, they're, they're just a collection of pieces. It's not a real team. It's just the result of all these trades they've made, you know, getting rid of all their superstars. And they didn't really aggressively do much of anything at the deadline other than moving on from Royce O'Neal and then adding Dennis Schroeder, which, like, I don't know, maybe they'll be able to turn Schroeder around. But they don't own their picks, you know. And there was, there was that rumor at the trade deadline that they would uh, consider trading Mikhail Bridges to the Houston Rockets to get all their picks back which I for sure would have done, you know, if I was in charge of uh, if I was in charge of that front office cuz getting your own pick back, I mean that's like that's like twice as valuable as getting a Utah Jazz first round pick or whatever because you control the destiny of it. I, I think a lot of these dudes are going to be on new Dorian Finney-Smith, Bridges, Cam Thomas, uh Dayron Sharp, Dennis Schroeder, Lonnie Walker. All these dudes are going to be on different teams next year cuz they they got to pick a direction. Yeah, certainly they do. I'll tell you, picking a direction here is the Phoenix Suns. Hopefully that direction is going to wind up in an NBA championship. 130-125 to 125 last night in an exciting game over the Sacramento Kings, which as we pointed out to start the show in our 7-7, seven and 35-18, seven, 12-3 for DeMontis Saponis wasn't enough. The one thing I always talk about the Phoenix Suns, at least last year, Davis, was, okay, you have superstar players, but you don't have much of a bench. You saw last night, as you pointed out, Bradley Beal only played five minutes in this basketball game, scoring five points. You need some help from your bench and you got that Eric Gordon dropped in with 23 points off the bench to help out the Phoenix Suns here last night Phoenix 130 Sacramento 125 Davis yeah I mean like the Suns are I don't even really have anything interesting to say about them in the regular season because it hardly matters like really I, I think the two cool. things that matter for the Phoenix Suns right now are one really try and avoid the play in so it would be at, it would be best case scenario to be at least the 6 seed right now they are the 6 seed they are only one game ahead of the Mavericks they are only two games ahead of the Kings i don't think the Lakers or the Warriors could catch them but it'd be really nice for them also to avoid uh, the Clippers, as of right now, they would be set to play the Clippers in the first round. Not not that ideal, right? That is an absolute buzzsaw to have to run it. I don't really think they'd like to play the Thunder either. The Timberwolves, maybe they would not be that bothered about playing the Timberwolves. But, but none of it's really going to matter for them if they get to the postseason and one of those three guys, Beal, Durant, or Booker, is not playing, right? Because, because they they... They got a good bench ship in last night, but you get to the playoffs and Eric Gordon is having to take 16 shots, like not ideal, not what you want. And maybe it'll, maybe it'll just be the case that Durant, you know, he's, I mean, he is 35 years old, but he just goes supernova for a month and then they end up getting to the NBA finals. But 
it's very hard for me to imagine a scenario where Bradley Beal, he had a hamstring injury last night. If this is, if this lingers, right, he tries to come back too early, hurts it again. Like, very hard for me to imagine a scenario where this team makes, like, real postseason noise. I know you're right about it. Like, Gordon coming off the bench, lighting it up. I mean, how many times are you going to rely on Grayson Allen at a big spot in the playoffs to lift you ahead? It is about the big three being healthy for the playoffs. We get that here. I'll tell you one thing. That's team that's playing healthy and playing well, 37-17 and 17 now as they improve. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder, 127-113 to 113 over the Orlando Magic. By the way, the Magic came into this basketball game, Davis, 17-7 and 7 on their home court. So a quality home court opponent here that the Thunder easily dispatched. You take a look at these scoring discrepancies or comparisons here, I should say. Jalen Williams, 33 points, and then SGA always chips in with his 30-plus points, scoring 32 last night. That's a really good win for OKC. I can't wait to see what OKC is made of once we get to the playoffs, Davis. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited for Gordon Hayward coming in here, you know, against, uh, against smaller teams. He is going to be able to play power forward, and I think I, I've not really heard anyone mention this, but against some of these teams like the Kings or the Suns, like these teams that that err on the side of, of being more uh, run and gun, they are going to play Gordon Hayward instead of Lou Dort. And look, I love Lou Dort. Lou Dort is maybe my favorite player in the NBA. I have to be the foremost collector, Donnie, Dort mm. sports cards in the world. Mm. If I was to go through this pile that I've got behind me, about half of them are graded Lou Dort cards. But a version of Oklahoma City where Dort is on the bench for Gordon Hayward and it's five shooters, including Chet, that is going to be an insanely hard team to stop. And and the Magic have the same fundamental problem they've had for, I mean, 10 years, like since Dwight Howard left. Like, they cannot even crack the top 25 on offense. They got no guards. They're playing Fultz and Suggs, Cole Anthony off the bench, and Gary Harris. Like, they have no one who you just trust to initiate a pick and roll, really. Talking about trust here, do we trust the Minnesota Timberwolves once they get into the playoffs? A big win last night to stay a game ahead of OKC in the Western Conference standings, 121 to 109 over the Portland Trailblazers. Anthony Edwards shines in a big way, 41 points. And again, the Timberwolves, that top seed in the West here now, Davis. Yeah, Anthony Edwards was questionable coming into the, or a true game time decision, comes mm. in, shoots 27 times, makes all of them. I mean, I, I don't trust Carl Anthony Towns in the playoffs, but I would love to be proved wrong. I would love for Carl Anthony Towns to go through a full playoff series where he doesn't get injured, he doesn't foul out of a game, he shoots 38% on three-pointers, plays good defense. Because, like, the, the bones of what the Timberwolves have, I mean, you could argue they're an even better team, actually, than the Denver Nuggets. Certainly, you could argue they're better than the Thunder. Like, Anthony Edwards kind of matches Shea, but Rudy and Cat are way better than uh, uh, wing Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren at this stage of their careers. Doesn't mean it's going to last forever, but only 19 minutes for Cat last night. Got benched for Nas Reed, man. <sighs> yeah, I feel I feel we might be staring into the Timberwolves' future. I can't wait to see it play out here because the narrative, once the playoffs begin in the Western Conference, if these two teams, the Timberwolves and the Thunder, are one and two, ah, come on. They've never done it in the playoffs before. We don't trust them. It'll be fun to see how much energy they have once the playoffs start. So, we'll some NFL action on the field. No, it's the draft, people. Get it cranked up right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The NFL Draft. Now, Grant said, whoa, the NFL Draft. You guys just got done the Super Bowl. My goodness here. We got free agency coming up. You got the draft. You got OTAs. You got training camp. And then away you go into football season once again. But I'm always intrigued by the draft, and particularly this year, because we have a lot of hot topics to hit. But if we take a look, Davis, and you say, all right, what's the draft order here just to get people refreshed? The top 10 goes as follows. Bears, Commanders, Patriots, Cardinals, Chargers, Giants, Titans, Falcons, Bears, and the New York Jets coming up in that 10 spot here. Let's start right off the top because the Chicago Bears made one of the better trades you're going to see in NFL history for getting an extra number one draft pick, which turns out to be the number one overall draft pick because of how bad the Carolina Panthers are. So let's start right here at this spot. We'll get to the odds on who should be the quarterback, but Davis, I want to ask you, what should the Bears be doing with that top pick? Trading it away, drafting a quarterback, going with fields. There's so many options for the Bears. Talk to me about that here. All right. Well, I'll tell you what the nerds say they should do. Um, And Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm -hmm. still trying to decide if I agree with this or not. The nerds think they should open the trade lines with the commanders and be like, you really want Caleb Williams? You, You This is your guy? All right. Let's trade from two to one because... From sort of like an analytical perspective, Caleb Williams is definitely better than Drake May, mm-hmm. but not so much better that if the commanders were willing to give you, you know, full uh, Jimmy Johnson trade sheet value to go from two to one, that you would turn it down. I, I think, and which I think is totally defendable and reasonable. Anyone who could tell you right now, I know for sure Caleb Williams is going to be Patrick Mahomes, and I know for sure that Drake May is going to be you know, Mitch Trubisky, right? There's just no one, no one can know that right now. My opinion is that Caleb Williams is, he's probably the best quarterback prospect, I would say, since Lawrence, maybe luck. Like Lawrence, people do kind of forget that Lawrence really tapered down in performance the last two years at uh, at Clemson. Everyone remembers that true freshman season. The thing that is the, that people would argue is that, oh, they should just, they should actually just trade out of the pick entirely not take a quarterback and run back with fields the other year. I, I think that would be like about as much as you could mismanage a franchise as possible. You know, the idea that the bears with this draft bounty that they got from the Carolina Panthers, they can turn themselves into the San Francisco 49ers where you have this amazing offensive line and you draft a great defensive player and you, you, you have the best wide receivers, you know, you already have DJ Moore and you sign another one and you do this and they have all this cap space. I mean, you got to get so lucky, honestly, on so many different decisions to build a roster like the 49ers have where you can kind of elevate a quarterback who's good but maybe not the greatest of the great. The easiest way to elevate yourself from an okay team to the best team, Donnie, you know it, it's changing your it's changing your fortunes at quarterback, right? The Eagles, your your team, they had Carson Wentz. They're scuffling. They're losing playoff games. That everyone's yelling at each other on the sidelines. You get Jalen Hurts, and all of a sudden you're winning the division every single year, or competing to win the division. The Kansas City Chiefs win the division all the time, but they knew they looked at themselves in the mirror and said, "We got a good quarterback, but what if we had a great quarterback? Let's get let's get Patrick Mahomes." I I think the Bears, honestly, if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm sitting in his chair. I'm not taking calls. I'm not I'm not doing nothing. I'm sitting on the clock and I'm selecting Caleb Williams with the first pick in the 2024 NFL draft. It's exactly the way the thought process should be here because once you find your franchise guy, everything else then after that Davis does fall into place. I used to always joke about like an NHL team. If you know what we're floundering out here, you know what I'm gonna do? Let's just say there's ten rounds in the NHL draft. Every year I'm gonna draft ten goalies. Because once I find my superstar franchise goalie, everything else can fall into place behind it. And if you are the Chicago Bears, you're so right about this. Yes, they can draft the best defensive end coming out of college football, and he could be a very good player, the best linebacker, the best 
cornerback, the best wide receiver. But if you don't have that quarterback that can go toe-to-toe with a guy like a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, it's not going to work out. And if you equate it, go back and ask the franchise. And I used to always do this with the Green Bay Packers, right? Didn't always want to spend a lot of money in free agency to help the wide receiver position. But I used to always joke saying, if you ask the Green Bay Packers, who wound up with primetime Aaron Rodgers when he was playing well and healthy, if they would have given up knowing they could get Aaron Rodgers, a first-round draft pick every single year, knowing they'd have Aaron Rodgers, they would do it. Ask the Kansas City Chiefs right now, knowing what they know. Yes, they did trade up for Patrick Mahomes. Didn't give up a ton to get him because he wasn't a number one overall pick. But if you ask the Kansas City Chiefs fans right now, hey, you know what? Knowing what you know about Patrick Mahomes, would you forfeit your first-round draft pick every year for 15 years knowing you'd have a home? Absolutely, you would do it because of how good he is. So for the Chicago Bears to say, let's run it back with Fields and it doesn't work out, and you pass on Caleb Williams, who goes to another franchise and dominates, you will never live that down as a city, as a fan, and as a general manager. Which now, let me ask you this next question as we look at the draft. The top five teams, right? Bears, Commanders, Patriots, Cardinals, and Chargers. For your money here, when do we see a position outside of quarterback get drafted? What spot, Davis, is that going to come from? Ultimately, I think the Patriots are going to trade down from that third pick and let another team trade up. Could be the Broncos, could be the Raiders. Like I I don't know what team is going to do it, but I think some team— is either going to fall in love with Jaden Daniels or some team is going to fall in love with J.J. McCarthy. I've already heard the the J.J. McCarthy actually might be the best quarterback in the class buzz or whatever. I I don't buy that in any way, shape, or form. Now, J.J. McCarthy might be good. I mean, you know, like I'm not not a high-level scout. I'm not going to say. But Caleb Williams and Drake May are like the guys here. I think the fourth pick, I, I mean, you, you you could pretty much write it in that the Cardinals are just going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I would be very surprised, actually, if the Patriots took Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, I, I think the Patriots sitting and taking uh, Jaden Daniels is more likely than them sitting and taking Marvin Harrison Jr. And the Chargers, I think, are... You heard, you heard it here first. I think they're going to take Brock Bowers. I, I think maybe Joe Alt, the tackle. But I, I think that you, know, you kind of look at Harbaugh and, like, what really matters to him. Yep. It's, it's just – I don't know. It just kind of feels and, – and, you know, they got 32-year-old Keenan Allen who's injured. You got Mike Williams coming off the knee. They took Quentin Johnson last year. Looks like one of the biggest first-round busts at wide receiver in recent memory. Harbaugh wants to hit the ground running. I, I don't think he wants to come in and have Justin Herbert – you know, tossing the ball to Josh Palmer. I I don't think that is what he is envisioning. I I think Bowers seems like a pretty strong pick there. Now, that that has not been mocked very often. Most people have them going with an offensive tackle there. But I I think, and and by the way, just in general, as we go through this first round, this is going to be, there's going to be like a startling number of offensive skill position players that go in the first round. I I think it's going to be one of our heaviest uh, offense drafts that, I mean, of like the last five, six years. It's going to be interesting to watch it play out. I do agree because there's a lot of intrigue going into that top five. But we posted a graphic up there for the odds to be the number one overall pick. And Caleb Williams is a minus 1,200 price, followed up there by Drake May at a plus 900, Marvin Harrison Jr., 16 to 1. Great football players, but it's probably going to be Caleb Williams. Now, the focus I want to ask you the question about here, Davis, is that number two overall pick? Because if you take a look at those odds here, Drake May is a minus 175 to be the number two overall overall pick but close behind him is LSU's Jaden Daniels at a plus 200 I love this point in time where you're through the senior bowls you're through the end of the college football season and now you get into the draft day workouts because Drake May certainly is a talent no doubt about it but when Jaden Daniels runs that 40 yard dash and blazes a trail is there a chance Davis in your mind that Jaden Daniels could actually be number two overall when it's all said and done yeah I, I think I think it is sort of trending in that direction. We just have gotten so much steam. And if you look at Drake May's final season at uh, at UNC, it definitely, you know, he was it was a very good season, but it also like was not as good as his sophomore season. If you were touchdowns, more interceptions. North Carolina did not have as impressive as a season. Lost to North Carolina State. Lost to Clemson. Lost to Georgia Tech. Like just from a results perspective, the guy who did himself the most favors at quarterback was definitely J.J. McCarthy in his final season. And Penix, 
up into a point. It's so interesting. Penix was like a guy who was going to go day three. You know, he was going to be the next Ryan Nassib, uh, but then was so good uh, in the two Oregon games and then uh, was was really good in the college football the first college football playoff and then really bad in the final college football playoff. And he's, he's old and he's been so injured. I, I think me personally, I would be surprised if Penix and Knicks end up being first round picks. They're just, they're both, they're like 23 and 24 years old. It's just like Bo Nix's first career start came against Justin Herbert. That's how, that's how old, that's yeah. how old Bo Nix is. You know, he was going up against Herbert who's already on his second contract in the NFL. Um, this is why I'm out on Jaden Daniels. Not out. I am lower than the market on Jaden Daniels. One, I'm pretty familiar. Jaden Daniels, I've watched a ton of him play. His junior season at Arizona State, right? He's 21 years old. Like, that would be the age that Anthony Richardson was in the NFL last season. He goes 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's, like, effective as a runner, but he's not Lamar Jackson as a runner. You know, he's a good runner. And then even his first season at LSU, it was a good season. It was a better season than he had his final year at Arizona State. But we really did not see him become a guy who was deserving of being a first-round pick until he was 22 and a half years old at LSU. And by the way, throwing to the second-best wide receiver in the class and another guy, Brian Thomas Jr., who's maybe going to be a first-round pick, but definitely going to be a top-50 pick. So it just kind of like it's hard to um, – it's hard to analyze those guys. You really want to stretch your memory back. We've had Joe Burrow throwing to the generational wide receivers and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. But do you remember when Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Jeremy Hill were the skill position mm-hmm. players at LSU? What happened then? Zach Mettenberger. There's a name. There's a blast from the past. Zach yeah. Mettenberger ended up being a first-round pick throwing to those guys. And guess what? It was a big mistake to take Mettenberger in the first round throwing to those guys. They elevated how good he actually was. I'm not saying Jane Daniels is Zach Mettenberger. I think he's much better than that. But I I probably would not be trading up to select Daniels. Now, if I was the Broncos and I'm just like mm-hmm. lost in the wilderness and I got nothing and I'm on the clock and 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 he's there, yeah, that I think I think makes a lot of sense because again is what we were talking about with the Bears, you don't have a franchise until you have the quarterback, really. Same thing Same thing with McCarthy. I actually think there, there's a good argument to be made that McCarthy is maybe the third best quarterback in the class. You know, you'd have to do a lot of research and, and you'd have to be pretty confident in your film grades because he just didn't was not asked to do that much at, at Michigan. I know that there are already people who are really in to him, it really into JJ McCarthy. You say like he could be the best quarterback in the class. I, that the the flopping of three and four between Daniels and McCarthy, you could convince me either way. By the way, let me ask you this question. Number four right now in the draft order is the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon, head coach, defensive guy. Now, they say they have their franchise quarterback. If one of these guys does slip to four, is there a chance that the Cardinals go quarterback? Because it's an interesting spot that they look at here because we like to believe that maybe they already have their guy in Kyler Murray, but there's always rumors swirling around. Could the Cardinals go quarterback at four, or do they just go, you know what, best player on the board, it's a wide receiver, go ahead, Kyler, get after it? You know, I think had they gotten the number one pick or the number two pick, Mm -hmm. you you actually could have talked me into it of them being like, you know what, let's actually just figure this out. When you have the number four pick and you're looking at the third or fourth best quarterback, Kyler Murray is owed $51 million per year for the next four years with no out in his contract. I don't think you can do it for Jaden Daniels. Ah, draft talk. We'll have more of that later. You know, we're going to go next to football, but it's not American football. Find out next on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Um... Quick little segment here before we hit hour number two on the early line. It's Davis and Donnie here in the morning breaking down all the hottest topics, which does include football and not just American football. It's the Champions League here that we're excited for with the favorites to win the Champions League here in 2024. Manchester City plus 185, Real Madrid plus 490, Bayern Munich also at a plus 490 price. Davis, how excited are we for the Champions League to get underway? I am very excited. When I hear the champion song, when I hear the horns, I, I'm super into it. I was watching yesterday afternoon in between appearances here on the network. Got a big Manchester City win, a 1-0 Real Madrid win. That's why their odds are shortened there. They already have the win in the first leg of the round of 16. And, uh, you know, it's very stratified, uh, the the global world, well, I guess the European mm. world of soccer. Like Manchester City is way better than everyone else. And Real Madrid, next to them, they're way better than everyone else there. Like, no one seriously believes that Arsenal can win the Champions League. Now, you know, obviously, stranger things have happened. But if you look a little bit further down the odds, teams that are very good, Atletico Madrid, Dortmund, like these are really, really strong teams, one of the 10 best teams in the world. But over 180 minutes against Manchester City or Real Madrid, I just don't, I just don't really – like, Manchester City, man, they are – the the machine of Manchester City it is like nothing I have uh, I have ever seen honestly like it's like it would be like if if the Chiefs had uh, Jamar Chase and DeAndre Hopkins on on the team as well like they are they are absolutely unbelievable and they were missing their best player Kevin De Bruyne he was out for four months with a hamstring injury he came back two weekends ago came back he already has uh, three goals and three assists in three games since coming back the dude is absolutely unbelievable. Two games on the pitch today slated to begin. Lazio and Byron Munich at 3 p.m. Eastern. And also Paris Saint-Germain and Real Sociedad also take the pitch here at 3 p.m. Eastern as well. The Champions League is underway. But you know what else is underway? Yeah, the early line. We're down one hour. Hour number two coming up next. We're going to talk dynasties, people. It's that Chiefs dynasty. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two is on deck. Let's get after it right here on the early line. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.